object lesson the Lord put on my heart that now I'm just going to share with you all this morning. Uh, I don't know. I just feel a sincerity and a, a tugging in my spirit with everything that's going on that everything that I'm doing is not enough. Um, that may just be my personal conviction. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to share some stuff that I usually, I mean, wouldn't share, but I've been kind of getting up early and praying. That still doesn't feel like it's enough. I read my Bible maybe 30 minutes a day. That still doesn't feel like enough. Everything that I'm doing right now, it doesn't feel like it's enough, even though it's more than what I'm used to doing. And I know that there's a call and a tug on my own heart to do more. And I, I'm, I guarantee you if it's on me, it's on every one of y'all. Yeah. Uh, I just urge everyone. I don't know what's coming in the years or the days to come. I just know that it's an urgency to get whatever it is the Lord's got on your heart. He's got stuff in, in my life that he's pulling off and dragging off and asking me to let go. And I'm sure there's plenty of stuff, and you can probably think of ones popping in your head right now. It's like, oh, yeah, you told me to get rid of that or stop doing this or stop watching that. So I urge you to do that and get as close to God as you can. If I ask you, I guess you can have here. You be here, brother. Mm -hmm. I think you can just stay there. <laughs> but uh, Lord, I was listening to something this, this week, and it was a... Uh, gosh. It was over contention and that we're contending for our faith right now. Uh, there's a tug on me and that there's a... Tension, and we have to contend for our faith. Mm -hmm. There's a struggle and a fight. And as you're walking, everything that you're doing in your life, it's just a step. You're getting closer mm -hmm. to that cross down there. Mm -hmm. And there's something in your way. We're just going to call this one media. And you're not like, turning towards me or anything. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want you to fight. If I was actually fighting me, I wouldn't make it. But we'll just say this is media and all the stuff you hear on TV and everybody's talking about Clovis this, Clovis that, fear there, riots here, and it's, it's trying to weigh you down and stop you from getting to that next step. And you've got to push past him and keep walking and keep going towards that cross and keep going that direction. Whatever step it is, if it's praying or reading your word or whatever step it is the Lord's put on your heart to do. Yeah, because the next thing's going to be right after you. Here's media down here. Here's Netflix. He wants you to stay up all night and watch this television show. Or whatever it is, movies that's got a stronghold in your life, or Star Wars, for God's sakes, or anything. It could be anything. It could be social media. It could be Facebook. Just stuff that's trying to get your attention and keep you away from that cross over there. Amen. Keep you away from Come Jesus. And you've got to move it out the way Push it, and brother. keep going Push this it. way. Push it. Yeah. So I, I lost my candy. Sorry. <laughs> but you got to keep walking and keep going towards that cross, no matter what it is. Whatever's in your way, whatever's in your path, you got to keep doing whatever the Lord tells you to do and just keep going that way. And we'll say this last one's fear. I'm sure there's more along the lines in people's life. It just a matter. There's a great fear on this nation and this world into getting towards that cross and speaking about Jesus wherever it is you're at. And. I'm not going <laughs> to, but you've got to step past and get past that one so that you can get to the cross and do what you've got to do. And I can't literally pick this thing up, but you've got to pick this thing up and drag it with you everywhere you go. Amen. Whether that's at work, whether that's at the dollar store, whether that's at Walmart or Swatley's, God bless if I get to go to Swatley's too. <laughs> Wherever it is you get to go, you've got to drag that around with you. And it's not a bad thing to drag the cross with you. You've got to have Jesus everywhere that you go. He's supposed to implement it in every aspect of your life. 
Yes. You've got to take him at home with you. He's got to be everywhere. And I know that I'm lacking with that in my life. I need more of this dragging around with me. I need to tie it to my back. If i got to crawl on the ground with it, with a rope latched around it, dragging it wherever I go, I've got to do that. Mm-hmm. It's more prevalent right now to do the things of the Lord than ever. I don't know what's coming. I just know this is a time of preparation, a season as we like to call them. And this is a season to dig in. I know he's digging into me, and I'm trying to dig in, and I know that I'm not digging in enough. How many times have we fasted this year? How many times have we prayed? How many times, I mean, how much time are we actually giving to God and doing the things that he's personally put on your hearts to do? And I'm just challenging you. I'm just here to stir the pot. I'm just letting the Holy Spirit do what he does and just stir you up. I don't know what the Lord's put on your heart to do. I don't know that. I just know the Lord's led me to do this, so... Just let the Holy Spirit stir you today and lead you down the path you need to go to honor Him. Amen. Now, Amen. Thank you. Let's get in some awesome praise and worship. Let the Holy Spirit come in. Thank you. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Now is the time. Amen. Now is the time to ready ourselves and prepare as brothers are shared with us this morning. Very good. Appreciate that, Brother Sean. Keep pressing in. Keep pressing on. Keep pressing through. Let's do that this morning in worship. Let's praise God. Pour in more than you usually do. Do more than you normally do. Keep extending. Doing more for the Lord. Come on, join in with us as we sing this morning. Amen. Praise the Lord. Could you stand this morning with your word in your hand? Get a good hold. As I do occasionally, shake them. Shake the sword. The enemy gets a message, right? I'm serious. I'm serious. You serious this morning? Come on. This is the Word of God. This is the Word of God. I will walk in it. I will walk in it. I'll abide by it. I'll adhere to it. And I'll stand upon it. My strength. It is my power. And it is my life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. It's been seated. God bless this morning. Great to see everybody here. Kids are dismissed to children's church. Go have a good time. this earth in his relatively short tenure here, about 33 and a half years, he ministered to a lot of folks. Dealt with a lot of people that were destitute, that were poverty stricken, diseased, uh, even possessed. You know, the accounts in God's word that Jesus approached those who were infested of the devil and commanded them to come out they had to come out. Amen. And uh, that's scriptural because multiple accounts give us the details, many of them rather graphically, at, uh, uh, a full expression and uh, absoluteness that Jesus 
was Lord over all. Amen. This morning, uh, we're going to look at a particular account. And let me say this before we begin, Book of John, if you want to go to the Gospel of John this morning in preparation. Repeating and reinforcing, and there's literally no one that the Lord is not able to touch their life and do great things in their life and to deliver them, set them free, loose them. Uh, we look around today in our world, and I know we hear this a lot. So many people in some form of bondage, captivity, if you will, uh, that need liberated, they need freedom. And there's only real one way that you can absolutely uh, access that, and that's through Jesus Christ. Uh, real liberty and real freedom comes through the Lord and from Him. On one particular occasion, uh, looking at the ninth chapter of the Gospel of John, and I'm firmly convinced somebody needs to hear this this morning. <coughs> Give it a little backdrop preceding. Jesus has been ministering here actually on the Jewish Sabbath. And that's already upset a lot of folks because uh, traditional religion was very, very staunch in this day that Jesus lived. And uh, he was always addressing religion in form. When I say religion, I'm using it loosely uh, in these terms because uh, the rigidness uh, was probably, other than Satan, the rigidness of the religion of the day was Jesus' number one opposition. And here the religious authorities of the day had been observing and watching him teach the people, minister to them. And we all know Jesus is a healer, right? Amen. So they really, and it might sound, sound amazing to you this morning if you've never heard this, but religion got real upset when Jesus performed miracles on the Sabbath day. God's day. Come on. The day of the Lord. Do you know still more people are saved and healed and delivered and all sorts of God things on the Sabbath day? Amen. We call it the church day. Now the Jewish Sabbath was a Saturday. It's been adopted by generations that the Sabbath, of course, is the day we worship, is Sunday. Uh, so here was Jesus on the Sabbath, and he had been ministering. Matter of fact, he had been in the temple. He had been walking the streets. He had been doing what Jesus does attempting to touch people's lives to extend to them he himself who he was, the power that he was and God the Father that he served picking up in verse number 1 of chapter 9 and this amazingly occurred as actually they had threatened Jesus and had been trying to seize him but Amazingly and miraculously, he passed through the crowd. The last verse in chapter 8 tells us that. And uh, he passed through the crowd and went out of the temple. It says, going through the midst of them. And I find it real amazing that he escaped through the midst of them. So we serve a miraculous Lord. But immediately thereafter, in, in chapter 9, verse 1, it says, And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. Jesus was all about people. He didn't pass anyone by. If you saw a need, and as I preceded here, 
if it would have been possible for them to seize him at this point, and again, this, this is the working of God because it wasn't time for Christ to be seized yet. There's a crowd that's gathered of religious authorities who want nothing more than his demise. They want to take Jesus out of the picture because he's greatly interfering with the mannerisms and the rituals and the Jewish uh, traditions that were present in these days. So they want Jesus removed, but it's not Jesus' time yet. But even at this, as they're threatening him and, and really uh, he's facing tremendous opposition from them and he goes through this crowd and out of it, he sees a man that's been blind from his birth. That's what the Word tells us. Never seen the light of day. Never had occasion to see even a glimmer of light. Jesus sees him. And the Bible does not tell us in any way that Jesus went on by and said, you sure look miserable in your state. What it tells us is, is he stopped and he gave this man attention. And there's a lengthy uh, account given here, but I, I want to stress this morning on some particulars. Verse number 2 says, And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? You see, religion is critical many times. They didn't know anything, but they readily adopted some kind of an opinion that this man in his poor miserable state who was blind, who lived in nothing but darkness, who had to peel everywhere he went, probably stumbled many, many times, and I would say most likely injured himself on many occasions as he walked through this life in darkness and blindness and could not see anything. But these, as we see, and I'm not going to cover a lot of that this morning, they're more critical and looking really for uh, a way to get to Jesus and to dispose of him to do away with this issue of this healer that's coming to their community and, and begin to, to preach hope and truth and love and compassion and mercy and great all these things of God get this now this is kind of humorous in a way religion gets blinded itself a lot of the time it has its ways and it forms its opinions and it sets rules and regulations that really many times have nothing to do with God whatsoever Jesus came to set free the Bible tells us that he came to to uh, deliver the captive, set them free. He came to bind up the brokenhearted, to, to tend to wounds, and I'm, I'm summarizing this morning, and also to open the eyes of the blind. And here's this blind man. Totally, completely sightless. And these disciples begin to ask the Lord, wondering who sinned, and he, I want to read what Jesus' response was, and then we'll move on. Verse 3 says, Jesus answered, Neither has this man sinned, nor his parents, but that the works of God should be manifest in him. We're getting ready to see something. Something's getting ready to manifest through this man, this blind man. Jesus has had the occasion to be in this place at this time on this day, and so has this man. However he got there, he's been situated by others or even by himself in this place that he can meet up with Jesus at this particular time in his life. And it's getting ready to happen. Right. Jesus' response is the glory of God is getting ready to manifest through this man. Nobody sinned. Right. At least 
that has caused this situation or this predicament in this man's life. He said, I must work the works of him that sent me. Remember that word, that sent me. While it is day, the night cometh when no man can work. As long as I am, there's an I am statement. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Amen. It's remarkable how Jesus' responses and the disciples ask him many, many questions over and over through his tenure here on this earth. As he walked and ministered, they were always asking something. Many, many times they didn't understand even what he responded. But here he gives them in, in brevity a very strong message of, in response. Now, verse 6. When he had thus spoken or he had responded to their question and explained to them the situation, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. So Jesus, in observing this poor miserable man in his blind state, as he's been teaching in the temple and teaching the people about God and bringing forth the truth, he sees this, this blind man and what does he do? spits on the ground and then he either kneels down or he reaches down and he takes that spit and he mingles it in the dust of the clay sounds quite appealing doesn't it <laughs> spit is one of the most humiliating things you can have inflicted on your body from anybody you agree with that it's a sign of offense but we're talking the Lord here. We could say this is holy spit, huh? It's amazing to me how he reached down and he took the same substance that we're made of, dirt, applied his spittle, we would say, I would say the anointing. Everything about Jesus was holy. Everything. And this might seem very demeaning or totally absurd for someone even to think about having this done to them but this this blindness and you got to back up and you got to understand first of all this man was in a desperate situation he lived all his life in blindness he didn't know what sight was he, he couldn't see anything so he had, he, he had no knowledge whatsoever of what sight even what he didn't even know what his parents looked like he didn't know what anything looked like but here came the Lord of mercy walking by on this day, at this time, at this moment, and he identifies with the need. And stops. And he takes this clay that he's made and he places it on the eyes of this blind man. And I can kind of see him kind of rubbing it in, you know, making sure it sticks whole message in that. We need to make sure it sticks. Amen. Two minis don't stick. This guy right here is getting ready to have an experience with the glory of God in his life. Bible doesn't tell us, I don't believe, how old he was. It says a man, though. The average life expectancy in this day was about 52 years old. 
So it identifies him as a man who's been around a while. He's been in darkness for a long time. And here on this day, now, he doesn't know who this Jesus is yet. All he knows is this man's approached him. He was either lying here or sitting here or however what his position was. And this guy comes along and all of a sudden he gets something very wet and very moist placed on his eyes. And as the writer here describes it, it is this concoction created by the Lord himself. And said to him, Jesus says in verse 7, says to him, I want you to pay particular attention here. There's many people in the church itself that's miracle seekers. Right. They go looking for a miracle. It's the only reason they go. Nothing wrong with miracles. They're fantastic and great. God performs miracles every day. Amen. It's a miracle we're here this morning. You've arrived very likely because of a miracle, and I'm not talking about a clap of thunder and a shaking of the ground, but there's all kinds of miracles. Amen. Amen. But this man, and as Jesus speaking now, Jesus says to him, first word, go. You ever said go to a blind man? Go. I'm blind. I can't see. That's not the response, but that would probably be at least maybe his thoughts. It would sure be mine. How am I going to go? I've wandered and stumbled through darkness all of my life, at least as long as I've been able to walk. And this man puts this whatever it is on my eyes and now he tells me go. First word Jesus said, go. That's important. We're talking about a man in a helpless situation. Let me say something right here. Let me get this back out right now and let's get it straight. Every human being that's ever been born is born blind. Mm, good. Spiritually. You can't help yourself. That's right, amen. Spiritual blindness, you have no ability to help yourself or escape out of it. There's a great lesson in this. I was born blind, you were born blind, every human that's ever lived was born blind spiritually. You could not see the light on your own. You had not the ability to do that. Now you can see in the physical. You could relate, and as you grew up and grew old, you knew what things were. You began to identify with your eyesight, your brain telling, oh, that's that, or that's that. That's how it works. This man had never been able to do that. But Jesus, Jesus tells me, he says, go. Then he says, wash in the pool of Siloam. In parentheses in my Bible, which is by interpretation, Sent. That means in the language Jesus speaking, he, the interpretation of, of the pool of Siloam is sent, S-E-N-T. That bears great significance. Jesus was sent by God to mankind. Right? 
for salvation, for deliverance, for freedom, for spiritual freedom, for eternal promise. Through the ministry and the sacrifice of the cross, the work of it, through the resurrection from the tomb on the third day, through the ascension back to heaven to sit on the right hand of God, interceding for us. Jesus' ministry continues even now because he's interceding for us now. God had a plan. He sent the Lord. Amen. And here we are talking about a, a pool, Siloam, but in the translation, literally, the pool of sent. It has remarkable history because the waters that furnish the pool at Siloam or the pool of sent come from Mount Zion. Interesting. And much is said of the Bible of Mount Zion, the mountain of God, who is the source. Okay, we're going somewhere. Are you with me here? Mount Zion furnishes the pool of Siloam or the pool of sent. Jesus was sent. Met up, I believe God is sent to meet, or Jesus was sent to meet every one of us on the particular day, the particular moment, the particular second, when he comes passing by. Has Jesus come passing by your way in your life? Absolutely, yes, he has. He's passing by here today in the way of the Holy Spirit. He's knocking on hearts this morning. He's trying to heal blind people this morning, spiritually blind people. Yes. He's made his way to a place and a point in time, a point in time and a place which is your life, really your eternity, to give you spiritual sight that you can make your way through his blessed help and accompaniment and relationship with him to the place of glory one of these days. But he was sent that you be able to enjoy and experience a different place other than this one, either when your time on earth is over or when the Lord comes back. He was sent for our good. Amen. So, the Mount of Zion, actually it's been referred to as Temple Mount, place of God. Psalms records how it was David's throne. David prophesied of the ascent of Christ into the world. So there's a lot of uh, significance here uh, surrounding this pool. But anyway, he tells this blind man, he says, go to the pool of Siloam or the pool of sin and wash. First thing he most likely had to do before he could go is get up. Now, let's put ourselves in his place here for a minute. He can't see. He lives by feeling, or he might even have a stick, whatever the method was in that day, to at least somewhat be able to perceive there's danger ahead, or there's a ditch, or there's an object, or whatever. And when Jesus tells him to go, I can't even imagine all the things really that might have started going through his mind that this man who had daubed his eyes, now he tells him, okay, go, and he tells him where to go. It's key. Let's ask a question. Why didn't Jesus just heal him right there? He was able to do that, was he not? Sure he could have. He could have spoke a word and said healed. All of a sudden, and that happened. There's accounts. Blind man at Jericho, blind Bartimaeus, healed instantly, just like this man, blind. He healed. Well, why in this case did he tell this man to go 
and wash in the pool of Siloam, seemingly someone who was completely incapable of finding his way there, even though he probably was familiar pretty much with the city, but we all know things change, don't we? So really, he was looking at getting ready to have to venture off into a territory of, of darkness to go to the place and find it where Jesus told him to go to. Lord ever inspire you to do something, but you had to see where you were going before you wanted to go there? Uh-oh. This guy didn't have the opportunity to see where he was going before he went. He just told him to go and look here. Latter part of verse 7 says, He went his way, therefore, and washed. What did he do? He did exactly what the Lord had told him to do. What's that called? Obedience. He didn't say, uh, I don't know about that. It's dark out there, and I, I'm going to trip and fall before I get started. Anybody feeling guilty about it right now? Right. Spiritually speaking, God ever inspired you to step out into darkness? Yeah. And I'm speaking darkness being you don't know what's ahead of you. But God's telling you to go there anyway. Matter of fact, he don't give you some long explanation. Jesus didn't stop and say, okay, let me explain all this to you. He said, go! I know you're blind. I know you can't see ahead of you. And it's okay. You might require some help. That's all right. Some of your associates want to help you get down the road and get there. That's fine. But you got to make a decision in yourself. First thing, you got to get up and then you got to determine you're going to go. And that's what he did. That's what Scripture says. He went. He went. He walked out into darkness. Same darkness he'd lived in all of his life. Hadn't changed. Still couldn't see where he was going. Still danger of obstacles in his way. Still danger of harming himself if he were to trip. Danger of running into things. All sorts of possibilities. But something, you see, there's always something in the words of Jesus, in the words of the Lord, that have a spiritual ability to stir people, but it still lies completely on them what they're going to do with the words of the Lord. Amen. We could say this man had faith or whatever, but he's just a blind man with the road that he don't even know really other than his eyes just got plastered with something. This man told him to go down to this pool and wash, but he's got something. He's got some element of faith. He's got a, a, a hope. <coughs> Jesus spreads hope, doesn't he? Amen. Has Jesus given you hope? Amen. Yes, absolutely. You can't say that he hasn't, but have you received that hope? Have you received that ability that God gives you, even though you may be in spiritual blindness this morning, to step out, believe in God, and express in faith, and just being a little bit obedient, and going where the Lord tells you to go? Come on. And if it's spiritual blindness, I can already give you a destination. It's not a pool. It's a cross. Amen. Amen trip to the cross 
you can find your way from there because you will be able to see spiritually when you take that journey. He went his way, therefore, and washed and came seeing. Now, you talk about starting the community up. We all know folks that, even in this area, that have whatever form of, Lord help them, a handicap or whatever, and you identify with that, and you see them over and over and over again. There they are, there they are, and you, you know them. So it was in this day. The community knew this guy. They knew he'd been blind all his life. Lived in darkness, wandered along, probably saw him many times fall. I'm sure many had probably helped him up on occasion, dusted him off. Probably give him a little here, give him a little there sustenance to get him by, to have something to eat. See, blind people in this day were not just blind, they were destitute. And they were poverty stricken because they had no means of supporting themselves. Uh -huh. Amen. So the community would toss them a little here and a little there to help them get through. Help them along the way. Miserable condition. But the neighbors and those of the community begin to look and they say, this is the one that was blind. And others would say, well, it looks like him. I believe you probably look some different because when you receive a miracle, you're going to look some different. Amen. I don't know what this poor guy's face looked like or his countenance looked like through the years, the days, the years, the months, all, all this enduring blindness. He may have had a huge frown on his face. He grimaced. I don't know, but it, probably just a condition of misery. But he went down to the pool where Jesus told him to go because the word says he went there. And Jesus told him to wash. And the word says that he went and he washed. And it says that he came seeing. So he came seeing. And I suspect that when he came seeing, his countenance had... Mm, is anybody in this house this morning? That his countenance had changed. Uh, amen. So, yeah, that's the guy. Well, he sure looks like him, but he's changed some. Because something's happened to him. That's the, Because something has happened to him. This is the guy that was blind that lived among us for years and all of a sudden he's wandering around seeing just as good as all the rest of us. Can you imagine the joy in this guy's life about right now? Can you imagine being able to open your eyes and see and something that you've never experienced ever in your life and look upon people and wonder, what are those? <laughs> and then look at your own hands and, man, you've never seen your hands in your life. You've never seen your feet. You've never seen the flowers, the trees. You've never seen the sky. You've never seen any of God's creation at all. So yeah, I proceeded to think he was probably a whole lot different than what he was before he got the touch that the Lord provided for him. The dirt had to come off before he could see. Jesus always does things for a reason. Foolish things. Anybody here agree with me that it yeah. sure did seem foolish in human eyes to spit on the ground and make some water spit and dirt and put it on somebody's eyes? That sure seems foolish. Uh -huh. sure. Amen. Seems humiliating, really. I have found myself 
really more often than not. And being sensitive and listening and learning of the ways of the Lord that most often not, they are seemingly foolish. And because they're foolish, many times we'll pass them off or we'll count them as this can't be God. What do you think would have happened if this guy had said, this can't be God? God don't work that way. He don't spit in the dirt and rub it on people's eyes. But see, this man had a belief. Some, somehow, some way, he had a faith, he had a belief. At least he followed the instructions he had been given of the Lord, and that is huge. Amen. We can assign that to faith, we can assign it to not faith, but he was obedient to this miracle worker who he didn't know was a miracle worker yet. He just knew that he stopped by and touched his life at least paid attention to him and gave him some instructions and to him these instructions seemed like they contained something like he'd never heard before and he goes and he does exactly what he's been told and the word says that he washed and he came seeing but there's so much symbolism in this particular passage of scripture that it should touch all of us first of all being thankful well, I don't want to let that out yet. We'll get there in a minute. So they begin to chase him around. They, I'm, I'm paraphrasing the story. They even went to his parents, and they're shaking his parents. Who do you think you are? Who does he think he is? He's running around here, can see. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you, folks. Religion can be brutal sometimes. Yeah, come on. I can't even begin to describe or or paint a picture of how joyful this guy probably most likely was, and they got a problem with it. Uh-huh. Amen. And they find him again and say, Who did this to you? Like he give him some done some kind of harm to him. <laughs> Grab him by the neck, who did this? And this is what he says. In verse 25, they accused Jesus of being a sinner. He said, He answered and said, Whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know that where I was blind, now I see. Now I see. God had this poor miserable man and changed his life and given him the ability to see and not only to see but to see vividly the and I know this was a long time ago but the greatest surgeon could never have done what Jesus did through this man going to the pool of Siloam and remember what I said about the word Jesus was sent the pool was called sent what Jesus actually did here, and you got to get a spiritual understanding, when he was speaking to this man and when he gave him these instructions, what he was literally doing was sending him to Christ himself through the method that Christ had brought about for his healing. Uh-huh. It wasn't the water in the pool. Come on. 
It, it wasn't uh, the splashing or, or just the removal of the clay off of his eyes. What healed him was the presence of the Lord because the presence of the Lord inhabited his being obedient and doing what the Lord had told him to do to the exact T and believing that because he did, something was going to happen yes, in his life. And praise God it did. He said he came seeing. We could have a real church service just over that. He came seeing. Hallelujah. Have you come seeing? Let me say something. You can see in the physical just fine. You can see me. Everybody else here. Our vision is so tuned by God that we can pick up a speck quite a distance. see color our visions most often take, taken for granted and feel God forbid we lose it and you can see physically probably just fine but how are you seeing spiritually how's your vision spiritually I'm going to get real crude right about right now. If you've never made a trip to this cross, you may be seeing physically just fine, but you ain't seeing spiritually. Amen. You're still blind spiritually. But I know a man who can. Give you a vision. There are literally millions if not far greater numbers of people in this world that are stumbling through darkness they can see just fine they just can't see right. making sense their natural physical vision is working okay but they're tripping and stumbling and living in darkness spiritually <coughs> And that's the real invitation that Christ gives to everyone that was born blind, like we all were born blind spiritually. He gives us an invitation and he creates this means where he can be in the right place at the right time when you're at the right place in the right time. And he can change your life from blindness it's a wonderful sight. I want to finish this account. We're not going to read through the whole thing, but the saga continues. They're still all upset about this wonderful healing. Everybody but this guy that's received it, he's not upset. I want to go to verse 38, same chapter. Let's back up. Let me start with uh, verse 35. And what had happened is the, these religious zealots of the time, uh, they cast this man out of the temple. You know, like you get healed and you get ejected from church, huh? 
That's what's happened here. Jesus heard that they had cast him out. And when he had found him, he said to him, Do you believe on the Son of God? There's the question, folks. Do you believe on the Son of God? He searched him out. He's searching you out. He searches everybody out. You may not know it, but the Lord is searching you out. And he searched him out, that's what the Word says. And he asked him, Do you believe on the Son of God? He didn't give him an eye test. He didn't rate how able his vision was. He didn't sit down and want some kind of an account of what had happened. This is what he asked him. Do you believe on the Son of God? And he answered, and he said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? Who is he? He's wondering here. And Jesus responded, verse 37 says, He said to him, Thou hast both seen, seen, seen him, and it is he that talketh with thee. And he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. Amen. Amen. He worshiped him. Questions posed. It's been a question through the ages. <clears throat> Simply, do you believe on the Lord? Are you able to see spiritually? Can you see your hand in front of your face when it comes to spiritual things? Or is it just oblique and dark and don't know where you're going and whether you admit it or not, you're stumbling and you're stumbling and you're stumbling. Every time you step, you're stumbling to some degree. Because you don't know where you're going. Spiritually, you cannot find a spiritual destination if you can't see where you're going. Again, Christ came to this earth to make a way that he could be followed. Now, this is unique that he didn't lead this gentleman. This gentleman was led by whatever faith he had or whatever it was, anyway, he got where he was instructed to go. We've been given the same direction. Again, it's not a pool, it's here. Belief in Christ. Belief that he really is the Son of God, that God sent his Son to this earth to be the Savior of mankind, to undergo the torment and the hostility and the hatred and the spite that he was exposed to, not just once, but continually. Uh-huh. And then ultimately bear a cross much bigger than this one through the streets of Jerusalem with them still beating him and spitting on him in all-out humiliation. 
and then plot it in the ground and hang him between heaven and earth still bleeding, still in misery, still in pain. And the greatest thing is he took the load of the sins of the world on his shoulders. The cross wasn't the heavy thing, it was the sins of the world. Uh, come on. That was the weight. And bear it. You, that you one day, even though you are blind or have been blind, spiritually blind, that you one day could receive sight. By simply believing Amen. in the Son of God and yielding your life to Him. When it says this man worshiped Him, mm. I believe that His life became about Jesus yes, amen. because He wanted to worship Him. He realized from whence His miracle came about you. Would you stand this morning? You'd realize. <coughs> I've talked to quite a few people through the years that place their trust in the Lord, their belief in Him, just as Jesus asked the question of this guy. And many, many, many of them have responded, if I'd known it'd be this great, I'd have done it a long time ago. They didn't say it this way, but if I had known I'd been blind all this time, I would have made the decision to see a long time ago. Because when you accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, you confess your belief in Him, something happens in your life that's miraculous. God opens a whole new view to you. And folks, this is the way and the means. There's no going around it. Optometrist and ophthalmologist and all these guys they do great work but they can't fix you spiritually Amen. only one can do that his name is Jesus Amen. I'll repeat the blind man's response whether he be a sinner or not I don't know I don't know much about him at all and you may not this morning. But I do know this. I was once blind. But I praise God now I can see. Amen. 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 How about you this morning? I want to make that offer. Amen. Your time, your second, your moment. If you really think about this, how did, man, this connection is huge. You get the opportunity and the privilege of being at the right place in the right time. And I'm going to go further. When, when we leave here, things change. Opportunities change. Connections move. And anyway, this is your spot in time. You're here this morning. It's simple. I want to place my trust in Jesus. Yes, I believe He's the Son of God. 
I want to put my life in his hands. I want to meet up with the Lord when I ask you to come. Linger just a few moments, not long. And God's not going to chase you. He'll call you. He'll flutter whatever it is down in here that he flutters that you can identify there's something that I need to do because I ain't never felt like this before. I can be that blind man and I can leave here blind or I can leave here seeing. Amen. What makes the difference is where I go. Heavenly Father, we just come this morning and we thank you that we even have the opportunity to believe upon you, to place our trust in you, our faith. I pray for every soul in this place. Lord, this morning that they would identify with their spiritual condition, their spiritual sight. Do they have it or do they not? I pray they'd respond, Lord. I pray that they would make a decision today. If, if, if they're blind and they're spiritually unable to see and, and to experience God, I just pray this morning that that, that conviction just cause them, God, to take that step and respond to this place where you are, Lord, that you've directed that they can meet you, God, and experience the miraculous touch of sight and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Anyone this morning? All right. Thank you all this morning for your being here. Go share Jesus and enjoy what you see. God bless you. Dismissed. <coughs>